We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now before we start, you might want to check out our other podcasts covering topics like personal development and minimalism, money, health, relationships, and more. So to optimize your life in other areas, just search for Optimal Living Daily in your podcast app. Now on to the show. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1687, Finding Hope When Grief Feels Hopeless, part one, by Reed Peterson of griefrefuge.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to part one of another two-parter here on ORD. My name is Greg Audino. I'm your host and narrator. Once again, we have a longer post we've selected for you, and it'll be shared between today and tomorrow's episodes. We're going to hear from Reed Peterson again, who specializes in grief and grief recovery. And this particular article of his talks about how to find hope when you're really in the depths of grieving. So without further ado, let's get started on part one as we optimize your life. Finding Hope When Grief Feels Hopeless, Part 1, by Reed Peterson of GriefRefuge.com. There are times in life when you will lose someone so special and important that the pain will feel unbearable. Your world may feel like it ended. You may feel like there's nothing to look forward to, or even nothing to live for. In essence, it may feel like there's no hope. Additionally, the possibility of having any hope seems too far out of reach. The pain from your grief has ruined all hopes for any joy or happiness in your future. Unfortunately, losing hope is a common experience. I claim it to be unfortunate because the pain is so severe. However, knowing that the experience is common can be helpful. When you realize you're not the only one suffering, and that somewhere, someone else has a similar story, you understand that you haven't completely lost your mind. But when you lose all hope, you lose the will to live. You may think about suicide, or that some life-ending accident is in your best interest. You may think that your own death is the only solution to stop the emotional pain. These are hard truths to accept. Hope is an important piece of life. Without hope, meaning and purpose have no, well, meaning and purpose. Hope is easily lost when you lose someone special. And now, hope is more important and needed than ever. What is hope? In the context of grieving a loss, Hope is a belief that healing is possible. It's also a belief that though today may not be the day you feel healed, there will be a future day that the feeling will happen. To quote my mentor, Dr. Alan Wolfelt, hope is an expectation of a good that is yet to be. Hope is also a part of faith. If faith were an iceberg, hope would be the very tip of it. As icebergs are mostly submerged in water, faith isn't visible. But hope is. When you feel hope, the outlook is more clear. Hope can show up in practical and tangible ways. Often hope is expressed in the form of an attitude adjustment. I've heard people say things like, I'll feel better eventually, as examples of expressions for having hope. Despite hope being more tied to an attitude adjustment, it is felt in the heart. If you feel hopeless, there's just too much pain currently overwhelming you. Your hope can feel imprisoned by other emotions, mostly consumed by despair and discouragement. If this is true for you, 
please be careful to not get too caught up in possible untruths or misperceptions. Sometimes when immense emotional pain is felt, your mind can go to places that aren't in alignment with your true outlook on life. Just because you may think or feel in a certain way, it doesn't always mean that it's absolutely true. I know that this can be difficult to discern, especially when grieving, but do your best to hold that as a reminder. Lastly, hope is an acknowledgement of what's happening in the present, along with a sense of what is to come in the future. Hope is special, because it holds both the future and the present in the same context. I've heard many clients speak to the feeling of hopelessness, but also talk about the possibility of feeling better, all in the same conversation. Sometimes the acceptance of feeling hopeless is actually an act of feeling hope. How to find hope when grief feels hopeless. If you feel hopeless, you'll want to do everything possible to find hope. Healing grief takes time, and your feelings of discomfort and hopelessness may seem too consuming. If that's the case, you'll need to search for ways to find hope. Following, I've created a list of ways to help find hope. This list was compiled from many conversations I've had with clients, resources available from other grief educators, and input provided by my grief counseling colleagues. Hearing stories from people who have experienced a loss similar to yours. When your pain is unbearable, it helps to know that someone else is also suffering. Hearing their story helps ease loneliness and anchors your identity with the reality of your loss, further helping you to better understand your grief process. It doesn't help for someone to tell you they know exactly how you feel and then go into their story, which ends up sounding completely different. In fact, if you're feeling very vulnerable and fragile, an experience like this can be more harmful than helpful. If someone were to say, I resonate with your loss, and then share a bit about their experience, that can help your loss and its story feel more truthful. When you feel a sense of deeper truth, it helps create hope. As a result of the honest and authentic communication, hope is nurtured. This is why support groups are popular for the bereaved. Support groups offer a safe space for people to share and listen to other people's grief stories. Not all support groups are structured this way, so please be sure to ask the facilitator how the group is structured if you find one that you're interested in joining. Do something with linking objects. Linking objects are physical things that connect you to your loved one who has died. Linking objects can range from jewelry to stuffed animals. They can be anything. I have a linking object that is an 800-pound Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Every time I ride it, I connect to my stepfather, Warren, who died from cancer in 2016. Linking objects are deeply personal items. Some can be hard to share with others. You might feel judged or criticized by people's opinions about your linking objects. However, linking objects are very important for psychological and emotional healing. Develop a mantra. In grief, a mantra is a statement that is repeated over and over again to help aid in concentration and intention. Grief mantras are quite common. Some examples are, I'm just going to show up, I have to keep going, and one breath at a time. If you have a mantra now, it's okay if you need to change it over time. This is because your needs and feelings change. You'll know if you need to change your mantra. Keep listening to your heart. It'll guide you. Gauge your timing and pace your grief. Sometimes in grief, feeling hopeful isn't what you want. This is another difficult truth. You may not be okay with the idea of feeling better. Being honest with yourself regarding what feels right in the moment is one of the best things you can do for yourself. If you're not available to feel better right now, know that hope is less important than other aspects of your grief. 
and that's completely okay. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled Finding Hope When Grief Feels Hopeless by Reed Peterson of GriefRefuge.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And a big thank you to Reed for the beginning of this post. He always has really great ideas about grief, certainly some on display already, and more to be expected in tomorrow's continuation. I actually think that that last bullet point we just covered about gauging your timing and pacing your grief uh, is going to be one to focus on as it will really impact a lot of his ideas that he has and will share. Take, for example, his thoughts on linking objects and mantras. Part of timing and pacing your grief means how long and to what degree you rely on these types of things. You may feel you're making a lot of progress, right? As if you don't need these types of tools anymore, and then feel a sense of guilt over that. You might rely on them for crutches longer than you need to. But part of being patient with the pace at which you're grieving means listening to yourself and not putting rules on how much you use these tools. Maybe you're feeling ready to abandon the mantra. That's okay. Maybe you haven't used it for a while and you start feeling like it would be comforting to revisit it. This is all okay. And I think it stays particularly healthy if the decisions you're making are all in honor of your own process, more so than feeling like you owe something to the person you're grieving over. Try to keep that top of mind as you go through the ups and downs of your own grieving. More to come tomorrow, though, everybody. So let's wrap things up for today. Thank you so much for being here and listening all the way through. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday, and I will see you tomorrow for part two. That's where your optimal life awaits.